You're listening to Trending with Timory. So, what's trending? Joining me today on the show is Father Tim Grumbach. If you'd like to weigh in on the conversation, you can give us a call the old-fashioned way at 1-888-914-9149 to have your voice heard. Or you can head over to my Instagram story to leave a comment in that question box. We'd love to hear from you. You can follow me at relevantradio.com forward slash trending where we have all the links available on the right-hand side of the page to my social media, including that Instagram page. Father Tim is the associate pastor at St. Augustine Parish in the Diocese of Los Angeles, where the current climate for churches being allowed to practice the faith inside the building is being persecuted, really, by our state governor. And so many restrictions are being imposed upon the church, upon the people. Many people are not returning to church. And we'll talk about that and some of the challenges and kind of what keeps our priests going and also what should keep us as the laity moving forward in our growth, even if there's separation in the proper way from the sacraments. But I want to take on this question. And Father Tim, I'd really love your input on this question. It came in yesterday from a 32-year-old listener, and it has to do with obedience to her husband in marriage and struggling with sexual and sin that's being imposed upon her. A little bit of background, her husband was raised and born Catholic, was baptized Catholic, but does not practice his faith. And this is something that occurred after their marriage. She wants to be an obedient wife, but the husband is taking advantage of natural family planning on her fertile days, that is, days where she could conceive a baby, and is intentionally withdrawing from a completed act act of sexual intimacy um, that would create new life, which goes directly against what the church teaches about sexual intimacy. And so she's asking the question, how can I be an obedient wife? I know that this situation is sinful and I'm just receiving criticism from my husband. I've gone to confession multiple times and she fears that she's in threat of not receiving absolution. And she says, what do I do to please my husband to be obedient, but at the same time not sin? Father Tim, this is a really heavy question, but there are a lot of really hopeful and faithful answers that we can unpack together here today. Yeah, and before anything else, I'm just grateful and humbled that uh, this this listener would welcome us and invite us into this situation in her life. That, you know, this is not something easy to share, but it's something that uh, people need to hear about and know that you know, they, are, they are not alone in a time like this. And that as Christians, as belonging to the same body of Christ, that we have a... <clears throat> We have a lot to learn from each other, but also we need the encouragement to know that if we're found in a situation like this, that uh, perhaps it's not sinful on our part, but it's something that maybe is a sin being done against us, and that there's a lot of healing needed in marriages and relationships uh, throughout the church right now. I have to tell you, Father Tim, this is an incredible woman. As she was sharing her story and asking the questions, I have to say, she's one of those people who from a faith-filled perspective is truly doing everything she can to make this situation right. She's going to confession. She said, I mean, how many of us are doing this for our spouses? 
in good and bad. She says, I'm praying for my husband. I pray the rosary daily for him, the Divine Mercy Chaplet. I'm praying for the intercession of St. Joseph. And she even says she's fasting for his conversion two times a week. This is the model that our Lord Jesus Christ gives us. Not just prayer, it's prayer and fasting. And so praise the Lord that you have the gift of faith and the knowledge and the perseverance. No, these are necessary for your marriage and for his conversion. And I just want to say, don't give up. But there's some key things that I know Father Tim and I have been discussing that I think would be really beneficial to run through. And I'll jump through some of it, and I would love your input here, Father Tim. Mm -hmm. First of all, um, mortal sin always requires grave matter, full knowledge, and you have to be acting of your own free will. In this instance, you're not acting of your own free will. You've made it clear in your communication that you've objected both to your husband and in the act itself. And so it's important to understand your culpability is lessened in this situation, if not, perhaps not even present at all. This is like Father Tim said earlier on, this sounds like a sin that's being committed against you. And in fact, we also have to emphasize that forgiveness is always present, even when we are, and I think that many of us do this over and over again, even when we are confessing the same sin over and over again. I keep thinking of the words of Psalm 51 and that we see peppered throughout scripture about God's forgiveness and how he desires a humble, contrite spirit. And if we have that humble, contrite spirit and the desire to change, even if we're not quite capable of fully doing it yet, God is willing to forgive us. And our desire to be forgiven has a lot to do with how we enter into the sacrament of confession and sometimes we might think that you know, I'm caught in the mire of this sin. There's no way God's going to forgive me this time. But we always hear from Pope Francis that beautiful sentiment that um, you know, we are the ones who tire of asking God's forgiveness. He never tires of forgiving us. And so if one is wondering, you know, am I in danger of not receiving absolution when I go into the sacrament because I, I'm caught in the mire of this sin? Maybe someone else has, has caught me in it and there's not really a way out for me right now. Um, your desire to be away from that sin, even though you may not be able to get away from it, is an important step towards receiving absolution. And so if you're caught in a sin, maybe through some kind of addiction or some kind of uh, situation outside of your control, we know that you know, mortal sin is based off of you know, our full consent and our knowledge and our saying yes to this, you know, this choice to sin against God. But in a situation like this, you know, again, not knowing all the details, but it sounds like this, this woman wants out of this situation. And so it's not like she's going to, into confession not seeking repentance, not seeking conversion, not seeking forgiveness. And so the Lord will do what he desires to do through that powerful sacrament of giving her absolution so that she'll be strengthened, so that you know, she can continue to be faithful uh, to her husband when maybe there's a lack of uh, fidelity in a sense to God's plan for that marriage and God's plan for their sexuality. So what a gift it is that she is almost ha having this tenacity of, a, I, I think of St. Monica, who mm. you know, to the moment of her husband's death was praying for him and, and, you know, and her faithfulness and her tears brought about the conversion of her son, St. Augustine, who is one of the brightest minds of the church and the world has ever known because of her faithfulness to prayer, sacrifice, fasting for her family. And I have to say, Father Tim, this testimony, this question, 
it inspires me. I have so much admiration because we live in a time where we don't like obedience. We don't like being humbled. We don't even like having to always cooperate with our spouse. And so I'm listening to this. And I'm saying, this is teaching me. You're doing everything right. And you have an incredible cross that you are bearing in this situation. And this is a model for so many of us. Perhaps each of our own individual struggles within marriage might not be the same, but I think that we can put each of ourselves into this situation and learn from the example, in fact, that this woman is setting in this example. And so I just have so much admiration for her. Let's talk a little bit more about obedience within marriage. We discussed it yesterday during our marriage hour on trending, and it was an awesome discussion. If you missed the episode, head over to relevantradio.com or your favorite podcasting app. Follow Trending with Timory and you can go ahead and listen to that episode on demand and share it with a loved one. So here's to kind of continue that conversation about obedience. We're called to obedience in all things, but not to be obedient to sin, to the sin of others. And see, this is the challenge where marriage enters in because there's that that mutual submission that's supposed to take place. And, you know, we think of the attitude of the two becoming one flesh in marriage. You know, part of your marriage is that surrendering of rights to your body and that commitment to sexual intimacy. And so there are challenging circumstances that play into this situation. And so we need to pray for that unity of body and spirit. You know, the complementarity of the body, the union of the bodies, that one flesh doesn't just require sexual intimacy. It also requires a union of spirit. And so, Father Tim, when I think about this, it's even more so the union of spirit. In fact, I think that I see an example of this union of spirit being lived out on her part as she's seeking ways to just both love and please her husband, but at the same time, She's fighting to remain faithful to what the church teaches about sexual intimacy and being open to life. Yeah, again, really humbled to be invited into this situation, into the story. I brought it right to the Blessed Sacrament. Like, what do we say about this? And the first thing that came to my heart was, you know, the infamous Ephesians 5. And, you know, where a lot of people begin that passage with wives, be submissive to your husbands. But the verse exactly before that is, be submissive to one another uh, in, in fear and love and reverence of Christ. So we, that question will come up in this situation of, you know, how can she be an obedient wife in the midst of a situation like this? But like you're saying, we, we hear the word obedience, especially during these days when we, we have certain directives coming down from states, county, local governments, and then uh, our bishops giving certain directives as well, always reminding us it's not the ch- it's not the state that closes our churches it, or opens our churches; it's the archbishop. So, uh, what does obedience look like in a time like this? And then, what does it look like in a marriage like this? And you know, my heart in prayer was brought to Ephesians five, beginning at verse twenty-one, where Saint Paul gives this amazing image of married life as an image of Christ on the cross. That it's it's not that. Um, you know, the Christ on the cross is a, the marriage is a metaphor for that, but almost as if marriage is a metaphor uh, for Christ on the cross, that the reality of marriage is to be found in the way Christ united himself to the church, to his body, the church, 
by letting himself be crucified and then rising to new life and sanctifying us. And this is a great mystery. So to dive into that passage, you know, the very beginning of it, it, it uses, at least in the English translation, the word submissive, to be submissive to one another, that wives are to be submissive to their husbands in all things as the church is uh, to Christ, the head. So the husband is the head of all things of the family as Christ is the head of the church. And it's powerful and daunting language because we hear submissive and we think domination. Um, but let's remember that you go back all the way to Genesis and the fall, that the husband's domination over the wife is a result of original sin. But his headship is not. His headship is united to Christ's own headship on the cross for his bride, the church. But what do we mean when we use the word submissive? Well, to be under the mission, submission, to be mm -hmm. under the mission and to recognize that, right, that the husband's mission is to give himself as Christ gave himself on the cross. And so what does that mean for the obedience of the wife? Is that she has this tremendous authority to call her husband to this mission. And that's what's most heartbreaking about this is you know, not to know his heart, but it sure sounds like, you know, is, is he praying? It doesn't sound like it. Is he uniting himself to Christ on the cross? Probably not if he doesn't believe in God anymore and if he's not praying. And so she, her mission is to call him back to his mission. And so she has a tremendous authority in the marriage to make sure that he's living out his mission. And this isn't to say that she's failing in that by any means, but by her prayer, by her sacrifice, by her fasting, you know, she has taken on the mission that it seems her husband has uh, not taken up himself. And so where does her obedience come in into this marriage? Well, it comes in in that, that tenacity of her prayer, her fasting, and her sacrifice to win his soul back for Christ on the cross, that he might take up his mission again so that she might be under his mission not dominated by it, but united to the cross by it. That's Father Tim Grumbach. You're listening to Trending with Timory. And I think the question that is begged is, what are the practical elements? How does a woman, in a circumstance where her spouse is an unbeliever, maybe you're dating someone and you're considering marriage with them, and there are serious issues that you're struggling with and they come up throughout the course of marriage over the years as well. How does a spouse inspire within the other this greater sense of reverence, of awe and of love or even just a simple faith in our Lord? And so I think that we have to go through some really kind of baseline practical elements. You know, first, you know, it can be difficult if we're maybe always correcting or trying to educate our spouse. I'm guilty of this. And we have to really pray for the Holy Spirit to guide us in ways to invite the other into a life of prayer, or even to invite them into being interested in the faith or curious. And in fact, this makes me think of First Peter chapter 3, and I would highly advise this is read by all spouses, just like Ephesians 5, 1 Peter chapter 3 really complements this. It talks about wives, and it says, quote, Be submissive to your husbands, so that some, though they do not obey the word, may be won without a word by the behavior of their wives, when they see your reverent and ch chaste behavior. So this is talking about spouses where one spouse maybe isn't quite there in the faith, or maybe isn't a believer at all. And in fact, the passage goes on and says at the end of it, 
let nothing terrify you. In other words, this is a challenging task. It sounds impossible. It sounds terrifying. It sounds crippling almost, but it's actually by the example that we set for others that in fact often challenges them and invites them in. And I think this is important, especially when someone you know and love doesn't believe in God. You are the only, sometimes the only example or even the only exposure they're receiving of the love of God, which puts a big burden on your shoulders to show that unconditional love, to show that you listen, to show that you're not just going to reprimand and correct and educate and proselytize. That is going to develop incredible virtue in you and clearly an incredible prayer life. And what that tells me is that God, yet again, is so wise. He allows for us as children to have crosses that we can handle and that will transform us. And I keep going back to St. Monica and that, you know, her powerful example and witness to prayer uh, and conversion in her own family. And the story goes that she would speak with St. Ambrose, who eventually baptized Augustine, her son, and, you know, lamenting uh, Augustine's um, you know, his, his own tenacity against the faith. And he told her, um, speak less to Augustine about God and more to God about Augustine, uh, just to keep that fidelity in prayer and sacrifice and fasting. And so we, you know, again, that's a, a thing of authority, that uh, we all have that kind of authority in our relationships, um, that perhaps it's not about uh, proselytizing our family members, but it's about living in such a way that our family members recognize there's something different about the way they live. There's something that I want, something that I need, something that I long for in their witness of the faith. And you know, ultimately, it's the Holy Spirit's work that is uh, bringing our loved ones back to the faith. But it begins with our prayer, our sacrifice, our laying ourselves down and knowing that you know, we can't do anything without God. But ultimately, he's not going to do anything for us without us, without our, per- without our permission, without our consent and our cooperation. And so this, this kind of prayer, especially when it comes to natural family planning, is that it's not just, you know, as, as you mentioned, it could, be, it could feel like it's something cold and calculating, and it's all about formulas and, and numbers and, and dates and times. But really, it's a prayerful way of living as spouses. And if neither or only one spouse is praying their way through NFP, it's going to be an even heavier cross than it already is. So I, I was kind of laughing with you through text earlier about the way that you know the USCCB will sometimes use images for uh, natural family planning promotion. And I think I think it's natural family planning week next week or in a couple of weeks. It's always around my birthday, which I get a kick out of. <laughs> but but it's always you know the couples just look so happy and comfortable and, and joyful, and they're like out in fields dancing with each other. And that's not the reality of natural family planning. It is a cross to carry, and it, but it needs to be carried by both cup, uh, of the couple. But it's primarily heavier on the on the woman, we, we must admit. But it's something that needs to ha- needs prayer in order to bring life out of it. And two final practical tips I'd throw in there. Find a Catholic couple where you can spend time with them. Someone that your husband will take to and enjoy without even having to share the faith. But he will see it modeled out by exposure to them. And second, do not be afraid to call upon outside counseling. CatholicTherapist.com can be a great means. 
You can listen to more of Trending with Timory via the Relevant Radio app or at relevantradio.com slash trending. Solidarity HealthShare is simple to help pay for affordable, quality health care. They enable the community to share in each other's eligible medical expenses. You choose the doctor that you want to see. Even integrative and alternative medical treatments are eligible. Solidarity HealthShare helps pay for NAPRO technology and costs associated with natural family planning. Solidarity HealthShare is dedicated to both faith and your health care. Information is available at SolidarityHealthShare.org. I want to extend an invitation for you to join me if you haven't heard the news Trending with Timory is now daily on Relevant Radio, Monday through Friday. That's at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. Now, here's the exciting thing. We now have a daily podcast. So I want to encourage you to go and subscribe to the podcast. We have our very own Relevant Radio app where you can listen to all the podcasts of Trending, pause, play, and even share them. Or you can now subscribe again on your favorite podcasting apps whether it's Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, or let us know where you want to hear us. That way you can access your favorite podcast, of course, Trending with Timory, and not miss a single one of those options for the daily shows and the various topics that we cover. Check out the links below in the description where you can find the links to your favorite podcasting locations because we have two separate podcasts. I want to make sure you're getting that daily dose so that you can go a little bit deeper. And don't forget, if you want us to talk about a specific topic or you have a question, just head over to relevantradio.com trending where you can connect on social media and ask your questions.